Yesterday I was, uh, was it yesterday? I was at stage one and I was teaching them certain things about our way of worship. And uh, sometimes you need to understand that the way you expect to get answers from God may not be exactly how to get answers from God. Sometimes people wonder why am I not getting answers? But maybe because you've not been exposed to the word of God, you know exactly how. It's amazing how a lot of us want to get things from God, but we don't want to use godly ways to get them. And when we don't get them using godly ways, we still want to do them. Amazing. Is that what it means to be human? And sometimes God, the Bible says God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the weak things of the world to confound the strong. So sometimes, like he says in the book of Isaiah chapter 55, your ways are not God's ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. One of the greatest difficulties that people have is just to accept that this is how you get things from God. This is how you get answers from God. This is how you get to work with God. Somebody say, working with God. That's important. You need, to, you need to adjust. There's a way you work with God. There's a way you get answers from God. This other time when you read the book of Acts, they are waiting for the promised Holy Spirit to manifest. And instead of, I don't know what they were expecting. We, we call it disorder sometimes. We, we, we ridicule those people who worship like that. But the Bible says there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it swept across the room. And tons, what seemed like tons of fire were seen falling on people's heads. And then the Bible says they began to speak in other tongues, which they themselves did not even understand. And then the people who are watching them said, ah, these people are drunk. There's something drunkish, meaning there was something drunkish about the way they were behaving. For people who drink to look at you and say you are drunk, means they, they know what they're talking about. So what you call this is disorder, God is calling it the baptism of the Spirit. So sometimes what you feel is disorder is actually very orderly in the eyes of God. Yeah. Oh, come on. Am I telling you what's from the word of God? Mm -hmm. So just adjust. You want God to adjust your word. This must have been so frustrating. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. I found something. I go to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 20. Please look at your Bible. So this is the time when these guys are about to have a war. They're about to go fight because there's an enemy against them. And this enemy is strong. Eh? There are all manner of testimonies about how he did what and how he did what. And these guys are surrounded. They're about to fight. They are almost outnumbered. Second Chronicles chapter number 20. Now, as they are going, the Holy Spirit manifests himself through a young prophet. And there are old people and guys around. Verse 13 says, As all men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, it must have been a miserable sight. 
But the Bible says in verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, father of Jehoshaphat. But he was a man of God. Verse 15, he said, Hallelujah. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. So God the army is mighty. Actually, even mightier than you. God is not even, it's not like God doesn't know that this taste is harder than your brain. It's not like God doesn't know that you are broken. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> but God is saying, do not be afraid. And even today, he speaks the same message. It doesn't change. Simple, yet profound. Just do not be afraid. Say, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Okay. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Yeah. You are not mandated to fight any battle. That's what the word of God is telling us in this. Say, it's not yours. You are going to look, look at what's going to happen. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the instruction. It says tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jurel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand and watch the Lord's victory. Come on. There's a way God handles things. He says, just go there and stand and watch. Now, these people are here to fight you. They've trained for life for battle. And you're telling me you're just going to stand there. That's what they were told. The instruction. You can imagine. We are going to fight. You're going to fight someone who's a boxer. Lord, what should I do? Go there and just stand. <laughs> I told you, your ways are not God's ways. Yeah. Some of the ways God is going to use to bless you are shocking. God uses the simple things of the world to confide, to confound the wise or the strong. Now look at this. It's the prophet is prophesying. He says, he is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go against them tomorrow. He says, go against them, but do nothing. Mm. <laughs> then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same thing worshipping the Lord because the word had come that's what you do when the word comes you say well thank you God for the word that has come today I'm going to be prophesying I'm going to be talking to you I'm going to be releasing the word over you you receive it with worship to God by faith Amen. like it's already done because the word of God is like a hammer. The word of God is like a sword. Meaning when you receive that word, you can use it to fight your situation and defeat it actually. Not just fighting a losing battle. That's not your portion. You're not going to fight a losing battle. I said you're not going to fight a losing battle. Then the Levites from the clans of that and that stood before the Lord stood to praise God, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. The next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people. He's now encouraging them. He says, Believe the Lord your God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe his prophets, and you'll succeed. He's trying to encourage them. He said, I know it's a young man who gave this prophetic word, but let's just believe it's God. I know he said some funny things, like, let's just go and stand there, and we know it doesn't make sense. But let's just believe what the prophet of God is saying. I'm going to be saying some impossible things today. Amen. Your duty is just to believe. Amen. Are we together? Amen. After consulting the people, look, look at what the king does. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing, The Lord be praised for his holy splendor. Give thanks to God. They were just singing 
they were just singing songs of thanks to God. That's what they did. You, are, you, are, you, you can imagine, you are coming to fight people that don't have anything. It must be intimidating, they are just singing. They have nothing. Children, wives, adults, all they are doing is singing. I'm telling you. At first I was thinking, I can think this is very funny, let me beat them. But wait, again I began thinking, it must be very intimidating. Hallelujah. It must be very intimidating. The little things, the ways of God. When we stand here and we just want you to worship and sing, you are marvelous. We just want you to sing, I want to want you to know? And God is showing things in your life just like that. If you think this is not the way of working with God, then tell us. Maybe God a deeper revelation than what the Bible says. So don't harden your hearts. I'm showing you how to get answers from God. God will just tell you, my friend, start dancing, the victim is yours, and you keep quiet. I'm showing you the ways of God. Second Chronicles chapter 5. There's something we discover. That's why we behave the way we behave. We can come in suits like this, but when we start throwing dance at you, we think we are not in suits. But there's something we discovered. There's something we came across and we, we saw it bring results. So I can see when we are in church and some things are happening and some people are looking deep and not participating. You shall know there's something they don't know that they know. <laughs> Maybe if they are not well, yes. If they are not well, let's not judge anyone. <laughs> but if you truly, I'm sure, am I not showing you the word of God? Yeah, then why do you give in church? No, that's not you. Amen. That's not you. Amen. I was so blessed when I was hearing celebrations, people celebrating, answers out of prayer, people participating. I was like, am I teaching? Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse number 11. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests, by the way, you are priests. Say, I am a priest. I am a priest. We'll discover that later, okay? We'll discover that. <laughs> priest, it doesn't just mean you're a wildfire. There's more to priesthood. When you look at that, you'll be talking about it. And the Levites, verse 12, who were musicians. Look at that, they are appointed musicians. You see the importance of having music in church. Asaph, Haman, Jebedan, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen and robes and stood at the east side of the altar, playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers, look at that, all music, the trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise. That's what they were doing. They were not saying, fire, fire, that's the God takes place. That, that's what I'm not saying it's telling of a place. But all they were doing is giving thanks to God and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you guys listening to this? Are you listening? Hmm. Accompanied by trumpet symbols and other instruments. The church must have all instruments necessary because they help in praising the Lord. Amen. Are you listening to this? Amen. And these are the words they said. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. 
Because they stand this, the Bible says, at that moment, somebody say at that moment. At that moment. The Bible says, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord that the priests could not continue to do their service because the glorious presence of God was too strong. You want the glorious presence of God? I'm showing you how. I'm showing you how. I'm showing you how. Second Kings 73 verse 16. A prophet wanted to prophesy zero account until he called a musician. And as the musician was playing, as the musician was playing, the Bible says the hand of the Lord came on him. Without the musician, the, the Bible also tells us when David could play the harp, so would manifest and the demon would leave him. <laughs> You see why people have very consecrated lives as ministers, people who do praise here. You carry the presence of God and you minister it to us as you are worshiping. If you don't know, your lives are also very important that you be judged as strictly because you are ministers. It was priests who used to minister here. Yeah, as you are reading the Bible. So don't look at you as just a singer. No. <laughs> you are a priest. You are separated to do God's holy work. It's serious work. It's ministry. You think ministry is just standing before a pulpit and preaching to everybody. Speaking to alive. No. <laughs> Your personal life must be a ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is here. <laughs> All the time. And all the time. Today, mm. I said today. Yes. There's some stuff hiding in my jacket. <laughs> Last week we began to dig deeper into the discussion of character, right? Yes. Yeah. We went into the depths of it. I remember raising two very important issues or questions as to why character matters a lot to God. Yeah? Why does this issue of character seem to be a big deal to God? So I gave reasons. I said, character matters so much to God because God, number one, wants to reproduce himself in us. That's amazing. God wants us to be a mirror reflection of who he is. That's big. I said that's big. Wait a minute, that's what God wants? God wants us to be like him? Wow. Isn't that good news? It's scary news. It's almost unbelievable news, but it's also good news. Let me not lie to you. Your character. So why character is so important is because God wants to reproduce himself in you and your character is the evidence of the absence or presence of that reproduction. Let me say that again. Character is so important to God because God wants to reproduce himself in you. And then the presence or absence of that character of God is evidence of either the presence or absence of the reproduction God wants to do of himself in us. And I'll just give you a point there. I'll give you time to write that down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So God has got that expectation that you begin becoming like him. That you get to love what he loves. Meaning you begin reflecting him. You begin becoming like him. You get to love what he loves. 
You get to love what God loves. What things are there that God loves? You begin loving those things. You may have been a different person. You may not even have known the things that God loves. But the moment you come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you get to discover those things in the word of God and as the teachings are being given. And you begin conforming to that image of the person of God because you begin loving the things that God loves. God loves peace. God loves joy. God loves success. You begin loving those things. God loves people who are real, nothing pretentious. You know, you begin conforming. You begin fasting what God fasts. Hallelujah. The things he says are dishonorable also become dishonorable to you too. Amen. There are some new musics you must not listen to. Cheap music. Cheap. You are royalty. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> there are some places you must not step into because they are too cheap for you. Mm-hmm. There are some conversations you must not have because they are too cheap for you. Yeah. And you not only get yourself insane, because that's the biggest thing people want to avoid, but you get yourself to a place of compromise. You're compromising. You're living in dirt. You are royalty. Say, I'm royalty. I am royalty. So when God says this is dishonorable, you also begin treating it as dishonorable. You also begin placing value on the things He places value on. And you begin to not place value on the things that God does not place value on. There are some things people exhort above things. Well, Relationships, businesses, people can queue over a business deal. See? God says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will just be presented. Are you listening to me, somebody? I said, are you listening to me? Yes. When God was saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, he wasn't just uh, 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 imparting a blessing upon us. When you understand the heart of the gospel, you get to understand that God was actually reproducing his character in us. Genesis chapter number 1 verse 26, God was commanding a blessing into our lives. And he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. That's the highest level of the blessing. Uh, Dominion. Are you listening? So when God was telling us to have all those things, he was trying to reproduce himself in us. Why? Because God is fruitful. God multiplies. God fills his space. God has subdued his enemies. And God has dominion where he is. So what God really wanted was another person in context to be like him on earth. So God wanted another person of his nature in another planet. Somebody who can rule. Somebody who can subdue. Somebody who can be fruitful, somebody who can multiply, somebody who can have dominion over their environment to be just like God in another planet. So that when God looks at you, he's seeing himself. Because you're able to do exactly what he can do, but in another plane altogether. The five dimensions of the blessings, that's the character of God. So in the business you are doing, you are going to multiply, you are going to be fruitful, you are going to subdue, and you are going to have dominion. In your education, the character of God will begin to show. You will have dominion, you will be fruitful, you will multiply, and you will better than you are saying it. Are you guys learning something? Are you receiving this word of God? Yes. The character of God must begin to reproduce. 
So I said, uh, 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 the other reason why character is very important is so that the blessing of God can rest on it. The blessing of God can rest on it. I remember telling you, the blessing without character has got potential to destroy. And I said, that's a strong statement. The blessing without character has the potential to destroy. And I gave you the example of Lucifer, who because of the blessing of God upon him, the Bible says, because of your beauty, and I interpreted that, I interpreted to mean because of your blessing, you corrupted your wisdom. Because if you are too good, therefore I'm going to overthrow God. So imagine you are so blessed that you feel you can now just beat anyone. Because that's good. There's no character upon which the blessing is resting. And then I also explained that the blessing rests on the issue of love. The whole character, of, I mean, the whole issue of, the, of character rests on love. Do you remember? So this is what we began talking about the issue of love, and I talked about. Uh, 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 the reason why I'm doing this long recap is because I've seen a lot of you that are not here. I know I'm doing a long recap, but a lot of you are not here. When you are doing a series, you must make sure you are always consistent and available to church. Because it drives behind. And because of my big heart, <laughs> I have to make sure that you are not left out. You get my point. So, how many enjoyed the force of love? <laughs> But today, within a few minutes, you know, I was praying two nights ago with my friend. And then I just kept going on because that was around zero one. <coughs> and by the time I knew it, it was five. Oh, where is this from? Where is that? Talk about three days ago. And in that phase, the Lord appeared to me and began talking to me about the blessing. This is why I'm so confused today. There's a dimension of love the Lord is releasing to his the presence, the presence of the Lord Jesus came to me in that room and he began telling me about himself and how he grew in the blessing. Ah, you guys think you've seen anything? Yeah. You think you've seen anything? You've not seen anything. God is rich. Yeah? <laughs> and he wants us to reflect his image. Amen. God wants us to reflect his image. So let me get into this thing just now because we've got some work to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to get into this thing just now. Today, in character development, I'm going to quickly talk about a subject I've, I've named it horses and chariots. Woohoo! Uh, I can here. I yes. Some 20. Psalm 20 verse 7. This is very important. Okay? I'm going to talk to you guys about something very important. Mm -hmm. Some very important stuff here. Very important. Say very important. Very important. I mean, half my look and say very important. Very important. Look behind your dreams. Just to say hi. Are you there? Yes. Somebody can quickly read for us. Psalm 20 verse 7. Psalm 20 verse 7. Mm -hmm. Some trust in chariots and some 
Hallelujah. He said, some trust in horses, others trust in chariots. Now, this was a time when, I don't this is a book. This was a time when horses and chariots were serious assets and weaponry in battle. It was serious weaponry in battle. Horses and chariots, you are the one they fear. But then, at some point, the Israelites were actually not allowed to even use horses and chariots to fight. And then, these were types of horses which were trained for battle from a young age. These were horses which were trained to recognize an enemy and kill an enemy. They would follow you and pull you to death. P-A-W-L. So if you have those horses, and then the way the chariots were made was in such a way that they had lenses, they had blades, they had swords in the sides. You can imagine a horse has got about four uh, 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 horses, a chariot has got about four horses which have been trained for war. At the top of it, it's got lenses in the sides. So meaning when they say attack and they follow you, what is going to happen is not only are the horses going to kill you, the chariot itself will kill you. So, and, 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 and the kind of description which is here is such that uh, the way they used to cut. So what would happen is as they are running, those lenses would, would spread out like wings and they will begin cutting through people like this. See? And, and, and according to historic description, they say that people would be cut, it looked like a long mower had passed there. Like the way a long mower passes through grass. <laughs> so people had every reason to trust in horses and chariots. They had every reason to trust in horses and chariots to be delivered. But then David says, some trust in horses, others trust in chariots. But he says, there's something better to trust in. He says, we shall trust the name of the Lord. Amen. Meaning there's something about the name of the Lord that far surpasses the ability and the strength of horses and chariots, of weaponry in war. It doesn't matter what kind of weapon the enemy is using, AK-47, Arsenal, and Arsenal is really <laughs> <laughs> but there is something about the name of the Lord. Something more valuable. 
Today I want to challenge to make me a lot of things in life. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1, you can write it down. The Bible says, When you go forth to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, shall be with you. Hallelujah. When you see horses and chariots, now, you are reading this scripture with the understanding I've given you of the nature of horses and chariots. But then you're being told, when you see those things and you go to battle, do not be afraid. Because you've got something better than horses and chariots. You've got the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible has not given us where to stop using the name. It doesn't matter. You've not studied that for that exam. And I'm not saying you're not studying. Some of you are just afraid. But the name of the Lord can give you confidence to enter into that exam. Some people fail because they just don't have confidence. They write the right answer and just think this is the wrong one. Answer it. <laughs> The Bible says we do not receive the spirit of fear but of power and of self-control. We need to possession over your vessel. That's the spirit of power and self-control. And the name of the Lord Jesus can be used to bring you to a place where you're not anxious about anything. It doesn't matter it's rentals, it doesn't matter the landlord is doesn't like how you look on the face, but just like extra money. The name of the Lord is able to save you. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Ladies and gentlemen, when you say in the name of Jesus, that name is bigger than poverty. That name is bigger than sickness. That name is bigger than being single. That name is bigger than not belonging or rejection. That name is big. Somebody say big. Are you guys learning this thing? Yeah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yes. The Bible says the Lord who took you out of Egypt. The same God who was able to take you out of Egypt. Egypt is a type. Everybody say a type. Egypt is the world. Some of you know how you were. You were worse than the way. The way you were sometimes needs mentorship. <laughs> there are people who are worse like that. When they were getting born again, Satan called his demons and said, Moment of silence. <laughs> we have lost the generation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, true story. The Bible says we were transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That word transformation means there was power that was involved. The Bible says the angels saw a party. They longed to look into salvation because salvation is a phenomenon. How can a person who actually belongs to darkness change your life? It's a work of God. It's a force of God. And whenever a person is getting born again, time shifts. Because you go back to Calvary and you die with Christ and you go to heaven with Christ. Hallelujah. So that's how 
big salvation is. And people need to get saved. I've, I've, been, I've been talking about that, uh, that kind of stuff. So we are talking about the name of the Lord. The God who saved you from Egypt, from the world, who took you back to the time he died and took you to the time that he was, that same God is able to keep you from falling. That same God is able to give you the desires of your heart. Trust in that name, it will be able to bring you to places. Hallelujah. Yes. Isaiah 8, verse 12. The Bible says, Do not go conspiracy or heart. All that these people will call conspiracy or heart. Neither be in fear of what they fear. Listen to this child of God. There's got to be a difference. That's what God is saying. There's got to be a difference between what a worldly person who's got no knowledge of God is afraid of and what you must be afraid of. That's very important. Have you ever seen people afraid of being broke? They calculate the distance between. People are deep. They are intellectuals. They will tell you the distance between me and poverty is ten quarter. That's deep. I've tried looking for that preparation. I've never, I've never found. Have you ever heard that nonsense before? Yes. They are able to calculate. People become deep. They are so afraid of being broke. They can measure the distance between them and poverty. That's not your portion. Amen. The Bible says, do not be afraid of the things they fear. So if you are in class, or if you are in your workplace and everybody is afraid of being fired, you know, these days they are downsizing everyone. Oh no, these days they are all afraid. The Bible says, do not be afraid of what you fear. Amen. Oh, come on, child of God. Yes. There's got to be a difference between what they are afraid of and what you are afraid of. If only one thing to be afraid of, the Bible says, fear God, who's about to destroy both your flesh and your spirit in hell. Another scripture says, fear God, honor the king. The king does not deserve fear, he deserves honor. Fear belongs to God. Even him says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. God hates fear. So he says, do not fear what they fear. Are we together? Or call a conspiracy what they call a conspiracy. So I will not be afraid of what they are afraid of. I will not be afraid of what they are afraid of. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Horses and chariots, things that people trust in. I'm making a point. Things that trust in. Things that people trust in. The reason why people are afraid and the reason why people fear is because of this. You know why people are afraid and the reason why people fear? Let me begin with worry. When you are worried about something, it means you were capable of doing something about it that you couldn't. And then your strength is unable to take that thing. Your strength is unable to help you to come to a certain place. So you are afraid. Are we together? So you are afraid. The reason why people are afraid is because they thought they were responsible over something. Why are you worried? Let me give you a very normal example. For example, your results. <laughs> Whether you passed or you failed. You remember what you studied and what you wrote that you started again. <laughs> so you are taking responsibility because you feel you have done better. How do you get it? You're feeling you have done better. That mistake which I made. Or maybe uh, 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 a child of yours has gone to school and it's late. Maybe your car is not available to take them back home. Anything can 
happened to them because of your responsibility, so you are worried. So the reason why people worry is because their strength is unable to handle the thing they wish they could have been able to handle. But then the Bible says, do not worry about anything. But in all things through prayer and supplication, make you, meaning all the Bible is telling you, transfer your worry to God. It's a blank check. Transfer your worry to God. Do not trust even in your own strength. The Bible says, even youths grow weary, but they that, uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So even as young as you are, you can fail at a certain extent. But what the Bible is saying is that you can trust in God. Do you know what God says? Even birds. God takes care of them. But what's the problem with you? Don't you have the enough faith of a, of a bird that God will take care of you? You've got so many worries because you feel you could have done something about it. But the Bible is saying, do not worry. And do not even put your own, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean even on your own understanding. It's character development. There's a place of trust you must reach in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews 13, verse 5. And I'll close Let your character, I love this scripture because it brings out the very thing. It says, let your character and moral disposition be free from the love of money. Now, look at me. Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. Why is God telling us to not let our character, or to, to, to let our characters be free from the love of money? Our moral disposition and our characters to be free from the love of money. Why is God telling us this? Because we are capable of letting our characters and moral dispositions be full of the love of man. Now, he gives the reason why we are able to get into that place, although we are believers. He says, because I have said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That means there are times we feel and believe God is not with us. Therefore, we begin looking to other things to fill the place of God. And as we are looking for all those other things, our dispositions and moral character, our fibers, become full of the love of money and worry and covetousness because we are looking into the wrong places. We are looking for love, we are looking for provision because we are not feeling the presence of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This means even if we are not feeling the presence of God, it doesn't mean he's not there. Unless he has light. Let's close the Bible and go home. It's possible for you to feel like God is not there, but that is not a sign that God is not with you. There's what we call the silent hand of God. Joseph felt like he was in trouble because his brothers betrayed him. God was quiet, never said anything. He was thrown in a system. He was thinking he was about to die. Somehow he came out, God was quiet. Does it mean that God was not there? Does it mean that God was not seen? Does it mean that God was not present? They threw him in Pharaoh's house, in, in, I mean Potiphar's house, and he became a slave. Does it mean that, you read the Bible and it was, again from there they threw him in a prison cell. 
Hallelujah. Do you know why he asked for help? He told that friend of that, that, that wine butler, the guy who was favorite. So when you go out, please remember me. It's because he felt like nothing was changing in his life. You can imagine he spent a while in prison. That's because the silent hand of God. The fact that you don't feel the you guys who want to always feel something. I want to tell you, you don't walk by sight, you don't walk by feelings. Satan will always defeat you if you want to feel something for you to know God is there. Sometimes you will go to pray and it will be feeling dry. It doesn't mean God is not there. Because God said, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. And if God said pray without ceasing, it means you answer without ceasing. So we have to take God at the integrity of his word. Don't exalt your feelings about the word of God. Oh, because they are feeling that God will not hear you. So, ah, these prayers are hitting the ceiling and back. Let's just sleep. Let you sleep. And then tomorrow it drinks deeper into it. And you keep drawing further and further and further away. Because you trusted in your feelings more than the word of God. Today, God is calling us to a place where our characters are always consistent because we know that God is not just there because we felt this in you. You know what the Bible says? Elijah had a lot of experiences. There was rain, there was a storm, there was a fire. The Bible says God was not in any of them but in a still small voice. And honestly, I'm looking to days and times of God is going to manifest Himself to you in all those ways. But sometimes God will manifest Himself in a still small voice. That's maturity. To be able to know that God has spoken because we are moved by the Spirit, we are blown. Hallelujah. Our characters develop it. You see, with all these things you've learned. I think the blessing is ready to land somewhere now. Yeah. <laughs> the blessing is ready to land somewhere. Let us stand up to you. I'll cut this short because we have to get into another session. We have to get into another session. We got to get into another session. Hallelujah. We are about to get into a very important session because God is going to manifest Himself to us as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides us. But then He's going to also usher us as a church and individuals into destiny and wealth. Amen. I say destiny and wealth. Amen. Destiny and wealth. Amen. Are you ready? Yes. Amen. Do you know how? Do you know how? Esau lost his birthright. They just talked like this. He said, give me the food. And if I eat this food, I'll become the firstborn. He said, oh, okay, whatever. And he ate the food. And just like that, he lost his birthright. It's not like they went for an operation and then the DNA were changed. No! So in the same way, in this meeting, people are getting the firstborn's rights. I don't think you are going to get all my firstborn. <laughs> I need it in context. People are going to be ushered into the blessing just like that. Are you listening to me? Now look, God wants believers to be wealthy. 
God wants believers to be wealthy. I've begun another session already. Bring me the one. Bring me the one. God wants believers to be wealthy. Oh, please, please, never, never argue with this. I'm looking at you. Those poor people argue with this. They want to be rich. None of you want to be broke, by the way. Let's even remove God. Still good, yeah. Who wants to be the broke life? Because don't know Are you guys listening to this? But then, isn't it good news to hear that it's God's desire that you don't lack on top of it? Sit down. Sit. Gifts as God. It takes a lot of wisdom. Yeah. This is why many 
Many state mothers have encountered mistreat their children. Lack of wisdom, lack of sight about somebody's destiny. They are slaves of time. They only judge people by what they see them in the now. You are not a slave of time. You are you are you are you, you are above all that slavery. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. Ha. Hey! God looks at him and says, Go in this might. He's not even seeing any might. But God is saying, Go in this might of yours. Somebody say, I'm going in this might of mine. I am going in this might of mine. I'm going in this might of mine. I am going in this might of mine. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. <laughs> and I am the least in my father's house. Are you listening to that? Who is doing his complaint? Jesus Christ comes to this person. Uh, what would you like? Oh, you see, Lord. People are always like that. You see, Lord, I've been here for years. Nobody throws me in that well. Everybody, what do you want, my guy? Seeing you transform people, people who ask for what they know they want from the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Then the Bible goes on to say, you know, and the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Mm. Meaning, all of them as a clan, you alone. Let's not even go other people. You alone in that field, you defeat everyone as if they were one person. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm talking about unquestionable dominion. Yeah. I'm not talking about just trying to get there. I'm talking about reaching a place of the blessing where the world will come to consult you because you become too influential. Amen. No, I refuse to be part of a church that is weak and that is just trying to be on the map. No, 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 no. Trying to get everybody in the world to show us how to do things. The Bible says on the, the government shall be on his shoulders. Meaning we must rule this thing, man. Yes. I said we must rule this Amen. thing. Amen. The Bible says when the righteous are in power, the nation rejoices. Yes. But sin is a reproach to any nation. Yeah. I refuse to see sin on a high seat. Amen. I said I, this church, we refuse to see sin on a high seat. Yeah. Yes. You know what they do to a, to a, to, 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 to a clergyman, a priest, a man of God, a pastor? After they start their big meeting, they tell him, come give us an opening prayer. He goes and opens and they give him a two-party. Then they discuss everything wrong. They give all the wrongest policies. And then afterwards, they give him to come and make a closing prayer. No! Things are going to change. Yeah. Things are going to change. And today they begin changing. Hey, yeah. Yeah. People begin to understand the book. So all I am trying to say is that there's some unquestionable dominion that is coming. Somebody will just decide for somebody to get a job, I have to sleep with them. And nobody has ever, they've been getting away with it. You know what you're thinking? Whether you like it or yes.
need to read the scripture. I need to read it. I've got to read this thing.
and you are going to read that scripture. Put your name. We are confessing the word of God. Don't be ashamed. Don't spare. This is what we are talking about. Are you listening? Don't spare. Put your name. Even though you don't remember, put it. And the children began. It's not your fault they gave you that name. One. No, you can pray. 
but they just don't have the money necessary to move things for God. Some of you want to change your families, but you're just broke. Today. I want you to read that portion of scripture. Put your name. I'm going to count up to three. And don't get tired. These are declarations. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> I see angels ready to move things. Remember, favor doesn't 
Yes, that's what favor means. God can promote you when you are least deserving. Oh, come on, somebody. The Bible says that night the king did not sleep. Everything to feed me, myself, myself, and I, and others. No! 
talking about wealth that can feed the village. Yes. Hallelujah. Now I want you to read and put your name there. Said that said the Lord your redeemer Daniel Kaira, the holy one of Israel, and the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Who leads you by the way you should go? Yeah. 